You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Hi, I'm Peter Santoscano. I host Bubble and Squeak here on the Rock Candy Network. I tell personal, revealing stories. She whispered, did you just masturbate? Because I felt a terrible presence of evil enter the... I make prank phone calls to the past. Heimbach. General Star, Elijah Heimbach speaking. How may I help? Into the future. <clears throat> because my boyfriend and I are just not having enough sex. Always a problem with the pop sex. You just have to listen to it. It's too hard to describe. Check out Bubble and Squeak wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Sacred Tension, the podcast about the discipline of asking questions. My name is Stephen Bradford Long, and we are here on the Rock Candy Podcast Network. For more shows like this one, go to rockcandyrecordings.com. All right. Well, before we get started, as always, just a few housekeeping points at the very top. First, I do have a Discord community. You know, a lot of us are really lonely right now. A lot of us are struggling with isolation uh, due to COVID. Maybe listening to podcasts is just not cutting it for you right now. Maybe you need to actually talk or text with someone who is a real human being on the other side of the screen. And if you are in that position and if you are into my work, if you enjoy Sacred Tension, you are more than welcome to join my Discord community. It is full of Satanists, progressive Christians, pagans, atheists, all kinds of people. And uh, it's a party. We have fun conversations all day long. We share cat pictures. We... uh, talk about the latest news in the Satanic Temple. We share artwork. It's a really fun place. And so if that interests you, please check out the show notes. There will be a link in the description. Point the second, we are still growing the Rock Candy Podcast Network. Right now we have some amazing shows on board. We have Bible Bash, Common Creatives, Bubble and Squeak, Eleven D Life, and more on the way. And if you like what we're doing, if you feel like your show or a show that you want to start would fit in with the general vibe and aesthetic and goals of Rock Candy Recordings, which is to create a weirder and more compassionate world, then please send me an email and I would love to hear your pitch and maybe we can help you produce it. All right. And finally, I have to thank my patrons. So I'm relying on my patrons now more than ever. I have taken a considerable pay cut. I'm no longer teaching yoga because there is a goddamn plague and all my students are old. I mean, that that really doesn't matter. I can't teach in general because uh, it isn't just old people who get this virus. It's everyone. So I am no longer teaching yoga. That was a good portion of my income. I have cut hours as an essential worker to reduce my exposure to the public. So I have taken a pay cut there as well. So I am now relying on my patrons more than ever. I also understand that many people are probably in the same position as I am. You know, we're struggling financially. And I need you, first and foremost, to take care of yourself and your family. Do what you need to do to stay stable. All right. But if you do have some margin, if you are able to 
provide or or to give to artists you love, especially the small independent creators who really depend on your donations, then please consider supporting my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Bradford Long. There will be a link in the description. This week, I have to thank my latest patrons, Richard, Jay, Helena, Azrael, and make love, not money. You are my personal lords and saviors this week, and I love you so much. Every little bit means so much, and it is ensuring the long life of this show. All right. Well, with all of that out of the way, I am delighted to talk to Jane Essex from the Satanic Temple about the controversial decision to release a satanic abortion ritual. So if you haven't heard the news yet, it made big news last week. I mean, within our you know, little world. Maybe by the time this show comes out, it'll make, it will have made broader news, but it's still pretty big news for us Satanists and for those who are watching the Satanic Temple. So Jane, hello, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm great. Uh, so tell us some um, about who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, my name is Jane Essex, and I'm the Religious Reproductive Rights uh, Spokesperson for the Satanic Temple. I have been involved with TSP for a couple years now. I grew up in New England. I'm going to be kind of vague with details here, but I grew up in an Irish Catholic family. I found Satanism a few years ago after some some pretty pretty important life events happened, and I found that you know, Satanism really reflected my values, and I especially um, was fond of their take on reproductive rights. And, you know, having come from an Irish Catholic background, you know, there's just a little bit of guilt sprinkled into everything that you do, and I thought that the tenets of the Satanic Temple really spoke to me, especially the third, which is one's body is inviolable, subject to one's own will alone. So, Mm. my you know, sort of upbringing was very, um, very liberal, but still there was that, that little bit of guilt that, you know, kind of followed me throughout my life. So when I joined TSC officially, it really felt like I was coming home to something that, that made sense. Mm. And just through, through the years, my involvement with TST um, had grown. So when executive ministry was looking for um, a spokesperson for this, I thought, you know, wow, this is, this is perfect. So, you know, I jumped right in, and, you know, here we are now. The The announcement was made, and, um, you know, people seem to really like it. There's been a lot of excellent feedback, and, you know, having, you know, the, the background in TST, I feel like, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot more to this than people, um, than people have seen thus far. And hopefully I can sort of, you know, break into some of those, you know, more subtle nuances to this, um, because there's, there's a lot there. There's a Absolutely. Lot going on. Yeah, there really is. And it's also, so the, uh, so TST released the abortion ritual and I have been on the internet all morning, uh, you, you know, discussing this with people. I would say most people are are pro satanic abortion ritual and then there are some who have some misgivings maybe we can get into some of those misgivings later in the show um but go what is the religious abortion ritual 
So the ritual itself, it is, well, first of all, let me get into a little bit of the history of it. Sure. Um, the ritual was written by um, a mother. Um, it was originally a much more comprehensive ritual with, you know, with props and additional, mm. um, you know, additional things, implements, you know, sayings, reflections, things like that. So it was, you know, sort of, I don't want to say cut down, but we took the most important parts of it and, you know, we had a lot of people working on it, a lot of women, a lot of non-binary people, a lot of trans people, you know, mm. everyone kind of came together to make this ritual really effective and to, um, to make it meaningful. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's the sort of thing where we, we knew that this was going to be controversial. We knew that a lot of people were going to have opinions about it, but our bottom line for this was to make it for the people that, you know, they may be uncertain or they may be anxious. So this, mm. the ritual is for those people that need the abortion and, you know, they, they want to sort of stress that this is to make someone more confident, to, to make them feel better, to give them more agency, to make it so that any sort of guilt and any sort of, you know, anxious tension that might be going into it, the ritual is designed for those people. It's for the people that need it the most. Yeah, so it, it came about that way. And it, you know, it comes about because we have our religious beliefs of bodily autonomy. And we have, you know, our fifth tenet, which guides us as far as using the best available science. So, you know, like I said in the, in the, in the press release, you know, these are, these are things, the, the, the termination ritual itself, it includes the abortion. So you have, you know, the, the patient is reciting the first, or I'm sorry, the third and the fifth tenet. They have the abortion and then they do the affirmation. So all three of those parts are what makes the ritual. And it's not, you know, the, the person having the abortion, they can, you know, certainly if they want to do something before, if they want to do something after, that's fine. They can sort of structure it as they want to. They can make it that much more meaningful by personalizing it. But the intent of the, of the tenets with the abortion plus the affirmation, that's, that's the ritual. That's what makes it meaningful. Mm. So I personally find the abortion ritual really beautiful. And, and, you know, just speaking as someone who who is a cis male and will never really have to be deeply personally touched by this issue. So from my own personal limited perspective, I find the ritual kind of really simple and beautiful. And to go ahead and just give my audience an idea of what the ritual looks like, I will just read off from the announcement the what the ritual is. So for surgical abortions, uh, it reads, prior to receiving any anesthetic or sedation, look at your reflection to, remind, to be reminded of your personhood and your responsibility to yourself. Focus on your intent. Take deep breaths and make yourself comfortable. 
When you are ready, say the third tenet and fifth tenet aloud. You may now undergo the surgery. After the surgery is completed and any anesthetic has worn off, return to your reflection and recite your personal affirmation. Feel doubts dissipating and your confidence growing as you have just undertaken a decision that affirms your autonomy and free will. The religious abortion ritual is now complete. And then there is a uh, similar script for medical abortions um, as well. But, but that's, the, that's the basic idea. Um, and what I find... So, so an important issue here is that this is really about... So it's about a lot of things, if I'm understanding correctly. But most of all, this is about providing comfort via ritual to women who are struggling with the stress and uncertainty and and difficulty of this medical procedure. Is that right? Right. And, you know, just, just to kind of, you know, give a little bit more context, you know, anyone that is seeking an abortion for whatever reason, and it can be for whatever reason, um, it's, it's not always a stressful experience. Like, I know that for a lot of people... They just want to get it over with. They just want to have it done and be done with it and move on with their lives. And that's fine. Mm. But there are people that do struggle with it, especially people that might have some kind of, you know, religious struggle in their lives. Like they may feel, you know, confident in their decision, but, you know, they, they wonder about, you know, is this going to damn their soul for eternity? Those mm. types, this is kind of different. Um, this ritual is intended for Satanists and for people that, you know, align themselves with our tenets that this is part of their deeply held belief system. So not every abortion is satanic, obviously, so it's, it's, it's a little bit more narrow for, for this particular ritual. So for anyone that, you know, is in the satanic temple that considers themselves a member or you know, for someone that might actually belong to a chapter, um, this, this is basically, this is for us. And it allows us to, you know, look at these ridiculous obstacles that people seeking an abortion have to go through, like these, you know, these counseling sessions that are designed to make people question themselves. They're very gaslighting. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very, um, you know, medically inaccurate. You know, there, there are situations where, people have to sign off on these documents that literally contain medically inaccurate information. Yeah. And that's just, that's just absolutely ridiculous. So for us as Satanists, we say, no, that's not part of our belief system. That actually violates our deeply held beliefs based on the fifth tenet. So, you know, there's just all these little things that kind of come up when someone is looking to get an abortion. And for us, we're saying, no, like that's, that doesn't jive with what we believe in. That's not part of what, you know, what we hold, you know, so close. Mm. Um, a lot of the, the surgical abortion, um, you know, that's not, that means, you know, going to a clinic, going to a doctor, um, you know, versus the medical abortion, which is the pill. So the surgical abortion 
you know, a lot of people will undergo anesthesia. Some people don't. Um, I know that for for some surgical abortions, they only offer local anesthesia. So the patient is awake the whole time. They might be in like a twilight sort of anesthesia or no anesthesia at all just for the pain. Um, so it's very, it's very difficult for some people. So, you know, that's, again, like getting back to the original sort of idea behind it, this is meant to to comfort. This is meant to be an affirmation. It's, you know, it's putting the patient's, you know, mental state first. And it's, you know, it's it's there as a way for us to not only express our satanic beliefs, but also to to bring us comfort. I think that there's something really uh, important in here, and it how that that helps to correct some misguided notions about what TST is. You know, I think that a lot of people see TST as political activists who are just who whose sole purpose, whose only purpose, is to reveal the hypocrisy of of. Uh, fundamentalist Christians or Christian theocrats. But there's really much more to it than that. And and I've seen some discussion online about the abortion ritual being framed purely as that, purely as this is about fighting against the the theocrats. And it that's part of it, but but there's this much broader and more holistic element that I so often feel gets ignored, which is that this is truly a religious ritual for, relig- for adherents of a particular religion, and it is for their own practice, their own comfort, their own edification, and, uh, and that it, it really is a religious act and not just an activist act. Does that make sense? Am, am, am I am I correct in that? Yes, and it's it's funny too because you know for for the longest time people have looked at TST to say, all right, well you're just activists in you know in goth clothes, or you know you're you're <laughs> not actually you don't actually believe any of this. My right? favorite like, is no, goth like, ACLU. <laughs> My favorite, right. act, I think that's hilarious. Anyway, go on. But yeah, it's 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 very much a a religious ritual. Yeah, and you know you can you can put it in the same context as you know a Catholic receiving communion. Yes, it's, exactly. You know they're they're not like they're not taking the communion because they want a snack you know it's it's not mm. like that it's very it's very meaningful and satanism is a religion and you know there's there's so many people that i've seen kind of come and go from tst either from chapters or you know just as individuals that kind of weave in and out and it's you know it's this is an actual religion and this abortion ritual is a religious ritual yeah and yeah. it should be treated as such. And, you know, the, I feel like we're always going to have those detractors that want to kind of paint us in this certain kind of light to say, well, you know, you are, you're not actually achieving anything. You're not this, you're not that. But for the people that are are here for the long run, it actually means something. It is their deeply held belief system. It's very important. So, you know, I've I've seen it myself on the internet where, where other 
you know, other groups try to discredit us and they say, well, you know, you're not this, you're not that, you know, you, you can't speak for those people that really do hold this true. And there's a lot of us. Yes. There are so many more that believe this, that this is our religious faith that, you know, you can see all the tweets in the world and all the Facebook updates and all the angry people, but it's like, th- this is for, this is for us. This is very meaningful mm. and it's real. And all of those, none of those angry tweets and medium articles and blog posts, none of that detracts for a moment from the fact that this is a, this is an authentic religion for us, you know? Not for a single right, moment right. does it detract from the fact that this is our religion and our religious conviction and the, uh, the, the components of activism that we do engage in. You know, it's, it's just so funny to me because, uh, like, I think of the Quakers. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Quakers. You know, after I left, after I left the Catholic Church, I, I had some time in the Quakers with my boyfriend. And the Quakers are generally on the front lines of activism. You know, they have been for decades. You know, they've been anti-war. They've been protesters. They have been, they've, they've just been, they've been, you know, they've been activists for LGBT people before it was, ev- you know, decades before it was in vogue. <laughs> you know, they've, right. they've been there. And, and for someone to come along and say, oh, Quakers aren't really religious. They're just activists pretending to be Quakers would be so stupid. <laughs> you know, it, it would be so so absurd right. like no their activism flows from their deeply held religious beliefs their activism is an act of religion and the same is true for us so yeah that this is a this is an authentic religious ritual meant for satanists and and something that i also find really beautiful about this ritual is it is specifically a religious ritual for people with pregnancies, for people mm-hmm. or for people with vaginas and wombs, right? And how many religious rituals are there specifically for that demographic? And I, I see it kind of boundary breaking in that way. And, and I personally think that's really beautiful. Like how many religious rituals are there out there in America that are specific? And of course, I'm sure there are in there, there are in the witch communities, there are in pagan communities and so on. But, but honestly, there aren't many rituals just for people with vaginas and wombs, you know? And I, I think that's really important to have that for that demographic. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's, there's been a lot of unfortunate sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? Not commentary, but discourse Mm. about who can have an abortion you know, what gender has sort of, you know, ownership over this sort of thing. And that's just nonsense. It's toxic. Yeah. It's terrible. And, you know, we've, we've seen this happen before where, you know, you have this sort of, you know, turf mentality and, you know, it's like, Oh, only women can get abortions and this and that. And it's like, no, like that, that's another massively important thing to remember about this is that, this, this ritual is for anyone that is pregnant yes. that wants to terminate their pregnancy. Yes. And that's, you know, full stop. And, you know, we've, we've even seen it over the past couple of days where, 
you know, people are like, oh, well, you used women. You said women. And we're like, show us the receipts. Where did we say women? <laughs> you know, the, the, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, just show, show us where we messed up and then we'll fix it. Yes. But the thing that we're noticing is that it's not, people aren't, I wouldn't say they're lying, but they're being disingenuous. And they're trying to sort of say like, oh, well, you know, we need to, we need to pick these things apart. We need to show them exactly, you know, why this is wrong and why this is, doesn't make sense and whatever. But what they don't realize is that the, the religious reproductive rights team that I am a part of, yes, it's, you know, executive ministry, ministry with, um, you know, with, with Malcolm and Lucian Greaves, but most of the work that went into this was done by women, was done by non, non-binary people and trans people. So, you know, like I mentioned before, there's, there's an entire system that is working here. Like, you know, a, a mother wrote the first edition of the ritual itself. Mm. You know, someone that has children and, you know, was able to, you know, sort of write this first draft of something that turned into something so beautiful. And, you know, myself, you know, obviously, you know, I'm a cis woman and, you know, other people that... I worked directly alongside with have been trans or they've been non-binary. So I think a big misconception that a lot of people have about the satanic temple, and this kind of goes a little bit wider than just this particular committee is that people seem to look at the satanic temple and they say, all right, well, it's just, it's all men, it's all white men doing all this work, you know, so we, you know, we don't support that. We want diversity. We want more, people who have, you know, marginalized voices to be put to the forefront. And over the past couple of years, I can say that I've been part of that. I've, I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I've participated in it. Hmm. So you have this example here of, you know, this religious abortion ritual. And then you have people yelling on Twitter and wherever else. And they're saying like, well, how can you have, you know, all these men doing all this and whatever. And it's like that erases so much hard work it erases the agency that we have as, you know, as leaders within the satanic temple. And it's just really freaking irritating, honestly, because yeah, it there's is. so much that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see, and they're not supposed to see. Mm. There's a lot of people that, you know, struggle with, they can't be out as Satanists, So, you know, they prefer to work behind the scenes. That doesn't mean that everything that comes down, you know, from executive ministry is male driven. And, you know, Mm -hmm. that was something I really wanted to drive home as well, because, you know, for me, it's like, I see that and they say, well, TST is doing all this and it's just two guys doing it. And it's like, no, that is not the case at all. I'm proof of that. And it's very frustrating to have the hard work that goes into these things kind of dismissed so easily. I 100% agree. Yeah. And we, we, we see this all the time. So, you know, just as as my opportunity as spokesperson for this campaign, I have to give props where props is due. There's a lot of stuff that goes on that people don't see. And, you know, it's it's a double edged sword. And it's unfortunate because there is there's there's so many wonderful people that are involved in TST that no one will ever know their names. And whether that's by design, whether by choice or what have you we're making this stuff happen and this religious reproductive rights you know committee that we have is proof of that it's not just one person it's not just executives in charge 
it's a real effort by lots of different people coming from different places and with different life experiences coming together to do this as a way to celebrate, you know, bodily autonomy, as a way to sort of say, hey, you know, an abortion doesn't have to be so, you know, sad almost because it, it, it doesn't have to be like it's this is part of many people's life experience. So as a Satanist, it's important for me to be able to contribute something that will be meaningful to someone else. And I don't know if I'll ever have an abortion. You know, I don't know if that part of my life will happen, but I know that if it does, and if I do choose to terminate a pregnancy, I will do it in such a way that it reflects my beliefs and it will comfort me and it will make me feel better about the choice that I'm making when there's so much static and so much noise coming from the outside that would tell me I'm a bad person for wanting to pursue that option. So, you know, again, just to reiterate, there's, there's just so many amazing people that I've worked with personally that are across the organization. It's, it's not just a, a boys game anymore. Like this, this, yeah. spread so efficiently and so beautifully. We have so many different kinds of people involved in leadership that are making these decisions, that are, you know, creating these rituals, that are doing the work. So, mm. you know, big shout out to all those people and, you know, in the work that they're doing. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you bring that up because, honestly, it, it's a criticism that that I have never really understood you know, I because I've been a member of TST since 2017, and in that time, you know, I've I've interviewed a lot of leadership of TST. I have talked to a lot of different leaders, and I've I've talked to a lot of the general membership. And I would say, you know, I'm not going to put a percentage on it, but a gigantic percentage. I mean, a, a gigantic number. A, a gigantic proportion of TST, both the leadership and the membership, are trans and non-binary and gay and lesbian and and so on. And women, especially. You know, there's so so many women in TST as well. And so it's, uh, it's a criticism that I've never really understood. <laughs> so I'm glad you bring that up. And also another point that you just brought up uh, that's really important the the counterbalance the ritual being a counterbalance to all of the kind of toxic atmospheric noise coming at a person who wants an abortion from the religious right i mean you know i just had a friend who who uh went to get an abortion and she she basically had to like walk through this horrifying gauntlet of of pro-life protesters and you know she's already in a in a vulnerable position and then she has to kind of go through this gauntlet of of people deliberately trying to to make her second guess herself you know and to kind Mm -hmm. of gaslight her and it's and it's fucking traumatizing i mean it especially for someone who 
who's who is maybe al- already feeling vulnerable. And that isn't and I you know it's important to clarify that isn't all people who get abortions. Of course, you know that that isn't everyone. But it is some, you know, and and she, this this one particular friend of mine, she was feeling particularly vulnerable and she ended up having to walk through this gauntlet of of pro-life people basically trying to get her to second guess the choice that she knew she had to make. And then once you get into the clinic, there are all of these religiously motivated draconian rules that a person has to go through in, in order to get their procedure. And all right. of it, all right. of it is designed to, to make them second guess themselves. Right. And so, mm-hmm. and so what are the exemptions that, that this ritual affords people? Right. So most, this is on our um, religious reproductive rights campaign website. So a, a lot of this stuff is, is already on there. So I'll just actually take it from, from that site. So some of the requirements that can't be enforced on Satanists, there's mandatory waiting periods. Now, waiting periods, as I understand it, are designed to, you know, bring someone into a clinic environment say, okay, you're pregnant, you know, maybe you've already decided to have the abortion, but are you really sure that's what you want to do? So it's that, the waiting periods are designed to sort of plant that seed of doubt. Mm. And the waiting periods can vary from 24 hours to, I've seen it as many as 72 hours, which is ridiculous because if you're going to, a lot of people that need an abortion Access to that abortion is it, it, it varies wildly depending on where you are. Some states only have a couple abortion clinics. Some, you know, some don't. Some have, you know, Planned Parenthood or independent clinics or OBGYN offices that will offer it. So it really depends on where you are and what the laws are in that state. So a waiting period is designed to... You say, okay, well, we know that you're, you're thinking about this abortion, but are you really sure? So they'll send people home or they'll send people away, you know, after like part one of whatever consultation they might be having. That's ridiculous. Yeah. There's, there's been a saying in, you know, the, the um, pro-choice movement, abortion on demand without apology. Mm-hmm. That kind of takes that away because it's not on demand if you can't have it right then and there. So... Mm-hmm. The waiting periods are designed to, you know, to kind of make people question themselves, to second-guess themselves, to, you know, sort of give an opportunity to change their mind. I can't think of a single person that I've known in my life where something like that has worked because if you're pregnant, you either know or you don't. You're not just kind of like, well, maybe, you know, some people will have that little bit of doubt, of course, but... For a lot of people, they know as soon as they see the, the pregnancy test, whether they want to have one or not. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's such like a, 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 such a unique human experience to, to have that opportunity to say, oh, my goodness, I'm pregnant, hooray, or oh, my God, I'm pregnant, what do I do now? Yeah. So, you know, just, just to get back to the waiting period, you know, if someone's already kind of on the fence about it, this extra time isn't going to help them. It's only going to make their anxiety worse. And that's kind of what they're banking on. They're saying, okay, well, if we make someone wait a little bit longer, maybe they'll change their mind. 
And sometimes it'll happen. Most times it won't. So to exempt a Satanist from that mandatory waiting period is basically saying this serves no scientific or medical necessity. It Mm. doesn't do anything except keep the process going. It makes people wait longer. That's, you know, that's, that's not a scientific reason. You know, that's just something that people put in place to either dissuade someone, make them change their mind if they were already on the fence, whatever the case may be. Hmm. So that's, that's that for waiting periods. So the next one is, so the requirement that practitioners withhold certain medical information. So that, again, it falls into the unscientific sort of obstacle that doesn't, that doesn't help anything. Um, it's basically saying that a doctor will withhold, you know, medically important information in an attempt to, again, make someone change their mind or make them feel like, you know, an abortion maybe isn't the right choice for them. Um, it kind of falls in line with the next one of compulsory counseling before an abortion. So a counseling session in certain places, it's basically when the patient sits down with someone that it's their job basically to talk someone out of it. You know, they might use, you know, medically inaccurate information. They might just use scripture, you know, things that come straight from the Bible that, you know, are going to be used to confuse people or, you know, make them feel a little bit more guilty. And, you know, anyone that's familiar with the Bible knows that, you know, the Bible is kind of okay with abortion. Yes. (laughs) I'm glad you bring that up. Yeah, it absolutely is. So, you know, you have these sort of cherry picked, you know, Bible quotes that, you know, when it, when it's you, you know, behind that desk and you have someone saying like, you know, God may strike you down, you may go to hell or you might be okay. We don't know yet. So that's a very, you know, abusive practice, you know, to, to try to scare someone yeah. using Bible quotes. Like, that's just unconscionable to me, but it happens. Yeah. Um, so there's, you know, there's other things like required reading materials, which is basically, you know, another sort of religious bend where, you know, you have these documents from the state that is happening and it says conception is when life begins, which again is medically and scientifically inaccurate. Now you have different, you know, different ways of saying that and different states will require, you know, sort of carefully worded things along those lines. But what a lot of people are required to do is to say, yes, this document says life begins at conception. I acknowledge that. And then they have to sign it, which, you know, again, that violates all kinds of things for a Satanist because, you know, it's, it's not meant as a way to help the person. It's, it's meant to, to frighten them, to give them more anxiety, um, and basically sign a document that they don't believe in. That is a direct violation of our fifth tenet because it's, it's like signing a fraudulent document. Yeah. And the only reason that it exists is to make people question themselves or feel bad. Yeah. Um, you know, and other things like sonograms that aren't necessary, like an ultrasound, probably one of the most evasive things that someone can go through 
is what's called a transvaginal ultrasound, which is basically you're on a table and, you know, when you think of an ultrasound, you think of putting it on, you know, someone's abdomen, you know, and have the, the ultrasound done that way. And then you have the transvaginal, which goes right up the vagina. And I can't think of anything more evasive than that. And again, you know, there, there are medical reasons for sonograms in some cases, but if it's for a consultation for an abortion or if, you know, it has anything to do with an abortion that the patient has already decided that they're going to have to do this extra, you know, ultrasound, either internal or external, that, that is a direct violation as well because your body is inviolable. And if you've already chosen to have an abortion, to, you know, to be penetrated by something just so that you can see a fetal um, heartbeat or, you know, listen to the fetal heartbeat or anything like that, like that is so, in my mind, that is like one of the worst possible things that someone can do. And, you know, again, if it doesn't have anything to do with the actual abortion itself, a Satanist should not have to go through that. Absolutely. And then the final one was the compulsory burial or cremation of fetal remains. This one is Again, wild to me. I cannot, I mean, all of, yeah. all of these, all of these are wild. I mean, all of these are, are fucking monstrous impositions of cruelty in my opinion. But this one just blows my mind. It's, it's absolutely just, I, you know, the, the only word that I can think of it is, is you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, it serves absolutely no function. It serves absolutely say the, no... Say the, um, say what, say what it is one more time. Well, the, the compulsory burial or cremation of fetal remains. Right, yes. So basically it's, you know, it's the requirement that once an abortion is completed, that the patient then has the added burden of, you know, disposing of the remains, and it has to be done in such a way that, you know, it's almost like having a funeral for it, yeah. or, you know, basically just acknowledging that it's not, you know, fetal tissue that's just been removed from someone's body in a medical procedure. Like, can you imagine, like, having, you know, gallbladder surgery, and then be required to have a, a funeral for the gallbladder? You know, it just, it doesn't, it, it's not given the same level of understanding that, you know, if, you know, you get a, you get a tooth pulled, what do you do with the tooth? You don't keep it unless you really want to, which is kind of cool sometimes, but, you know, <laughs> you, it, it's medical waste. It, it, it should be disposed of as though it is medical waste. And this, you know, burial or cremation of a fetal, of fetal tissue, that's just weird. It's, to me, it's just weird. And again, it serves no medical function when, you know, if, if a patient has any kind of other surgery, it's not required for that. So why should it be required for this? So again, yeah. it goes against our satanic beliefs. And a side effect of a lot of these is unnecessary financial strain as well. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's another important piece of this is you know for example the mandatory waiting periods for for people who are say working minimum wage or people who who just don't have much leeway who 
and then who have to travel cross country, you know, across state to get to an abortion clinic and then to be told, oh, you have to wait another how many hours it is, another day or two. Mm-hmm. This this is that that can that can be a serious financial burden. And then am I correct in thinking that the uh, mandatory uh, uh, funeral for the fetal remains is also paid for by by the person who got the abortion? Am I right in th- in that or is that wrong? Well, that that depends. OK, because um, if. You know, it, it really does, it, it depends on where it is, what the what the regulation is. Um, but for the most part, yeah, it's not going to be covered by someone's health insurance. It's probably going to be out of pocket, um, and it's not going to be, you know, a cheap sort of thing either. It's, it's going to be yet another financial burden on yeah. someone that is only looking to obtain a safe and legal abortion. And you're also right about, you know, the financial burden of, you know, travel expenses, taking time off of work, um, you know, having, if you already have children, you know, childcare for taking a couple days off. Um, it, it's all kind of wrapped into what we're, you know, what we're working against, which is, you know, subjecting Satanists to these regulations that serve no medical purpose. They don't help anybody. You know, it, it only serves to hinder the actual procedure itself. Mm. And so, you know, there are abortion regulations that we're not against, but it's, it's mostly these extraneous obligations that someone has to go through just for this particular procedure. You know, you don't have to do a waiting period for, you know, if you get, you know, conjunctivitis, you know, it's, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And I feel like that's, that's the part that really, needs to get sort of, you know, highlighted is someone seeking an abortion has to, you know, go through both a physical gauntlet and emotional gauntlet sometimes of all these, you know, people screaming at them to change their mind, to save their baby, to, you know, they're holding up these horrific, graphic, you know, mutilated body parts to to try to get someone to change their mind. And, you know, it's, once you get in the clinic, then it's a whole new set of things. And for the most part, clinics are only doing these things because they have to, not because they want to or they think that, you know, it's it's okay to do so. You know, the, these mandates that these states put out are designed to get people not to have an abortion. Exactly. And, you know, that's, that's what we're rallying against. Say, yeah. hey, these obstacles go against our religious beliefs and we are not subjected them. Hmm. So we're almost at the hour mark, but do you have time to to respond to some questions from my listeners and from the general just responses that I've seen to this? Yeah, sure. I'll do my best. <laughs> so uh, one person on my Discord asks, is the ritual fluid? Can people tailor it to them or do they have to do the specific TST abortion ritual as written? It's a very personalized ritual. Okay. Um, and honestly, the, 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 the most important part of it is the intent. And, you know, we have, you know, designed this pretty much as the Satanic Temple's only official ritual. Um, so we, we've had people say, all right, well, you know, do you have 
a funeral ritual? Do you have an unbaptism ritual? And the answer is no, because ritual is such a personal thing, but this particular abortion ritual, you know, with the recitation of the tenets, having the procedure, and then the personal affirmation, if someone wants to, you know, make a whole big thing of it, you know, whatever serves them the best. Yeah. And like I said, it's, it's the intent that's the important part. It's to bring comfort. It's to assert one's bodily autonomy and say, yes, this is a choice that I am making of my own free will. This is something that I'm doing for myself. Mm. That's what makes it a satanic abortion ritual. Mm. So one can do, you know, you know, you can have all the fancy candles and robes and recitations, whatever works best for that person. But ultimately, this particular, you know, ritual that we've structured here, it's the intent behind it that's the important part. Mm. So another person on my Discord asks, I understand the basic idea, but what if the person performing the abortion refuses either because of religious reasons or because even though it is our right to do, they really have to participate in the ritual? If we are claiming we are exempt because it is part of a religious ritual, are we then forcing someone else to participate in our ritual? Also, do you think doing this will reinforce the idea that we kill children and force people to eat fetuses and garbage like that? Okay, so there are two parts here. Um, One is, is the ritual an encroachment on the providers of the abortion? Um, In basic terms, no. Okay. Um, the, The... the actual ritual itself, it's not going to interfere with the doctor's ability to perform an abortion. Okay. Um, it's really just, you know, one can look at one's reflection in a mirror, you know, in the waiting room. Um, you know, you can look at your Snapchat. You can take a, a selfie to look at your own face, to look at your own image, and to say, you know, to recite the third and fifth tenets. So you can do that. You, can, you don't even have to say it out loud. You can do it in whatever manner works best for you. Mm. And we also look at it as, you know, the, the abortion itself is central to the ritual. So, you know, if you present the letter that we've prepared to the clinic staff, they say, you know, what? we can't argue this. Let's go. You can do this ritual as easily as it is to just close your eyes to kind of, you know, mouth the word that that's what works best for that situation. And then once you have the abortion and you're in the recovery room, you know, the anesthesia wears off, then you can say the personal affirmation again while looking at your reflection Mm -hmm. to say, I just, you know, did something for myself that I find to be very important to my, my health, my safety, my sanity, whatever the case is. So the... The three parts to it, the pre-recitation of the tenet, the abortion, and then the affirmation, technically that shouldn't have any sort of bearing on clinic staff, the doctor. Um, but if, you know, if we do have a situation where a doctor refuses or a clinic refuses because they have to abide by state regulations, that patient then needs to contact the Satanic Temple's religious reproductive rights team via email so that we can then intervene. Great. So that's that's really the key. So it's not going to be 
a ritual that will interfere with the medical procedure itself. But, you know, if you have a situation like that, you know, that's, that's what we're there for. So Great. they can contact us and then we'll jump right in. I want to end on a, on a final question and it's, it's kind of a big one and it's one of the, the sor- primary sources of the controversy that I'm seeing on the internet, which is, does this reinforce the conspiracy theory on the part of many Christians that Satanists actually sacrifice children? And it, does this actually endanger Satanists? I've seen a lot of people claim that this actually endangers Satanists because it, 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 it reinforces the idea that we sacrifice children. How do you respond to that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very difficult to sort of reinvent the wheel. And mm. people already think that Satanists sacrifice children. They already think that we're doing all these horrible, horrible things. You know, the satanic panic is still alive and well because you've got things like QAnon and you've got things that, you know, Pizzagate keeps coming up and it's like, what the hell? So yeah. there's, there's really, you know, if, if someone believes that we're already doing this, this isn't going to help them believe any otherwise. But at the same time, if we didn't do this ritual, they're still going to believe that. Exactly. So, our, our attitude is, you know, it's more important to center the people that are having the abortion, to put their rights first and foremost, to put their feelings first and foremost. So there's always going to be a certain segment of the population that will do no research, they don't care, they hear the word Satan, and they automatically assume what we're doing. Mm. So it's, it's, it's more worth it in my opinion, to put our own people's needs first. Absolutely. Because, you know, like I said, they're gonna they're gonna say that we're doing this anyway, so you know, we may as well look at the laws that are in place, you know, and say, hey, how can we help our people? How can we make our people more comfortable within the laws that already exist? Yeah. But not vice versa. Like we're not looking at these laws to say, hey, how can we get over this? Like no, like this this is a religion. This, these are our, you know, our people that we want to make them feel better. We want to give them confidence in a world that would rather knock them down than, you know, give them help. Yeah. So, so yeah, just to get back to the central thing, like, you know, being a Satanist has a risk. There's, you know, there's no way of avoiding it. And obviously, you know, when you put abortion plus Satan in the same sentence, people are going to go bananas. And it's, that's just all part of it. So, you know, it's, it's not going to endanger people in, the, in a sense that it's going to make them more vulnerable because if you look at the actual procedure itself, so say someone goes into their doctor and they say, you know, I'm exempt from these things, that's a, that's a conversation between the patient and doctor. So it's not making it public. It's not putting their risk, putting their health at risk, putting their safety at risk. The only time that that might come into play is if you want to discuss it openly. Hmm. So, you know, just to kind of circle back, you know, there's there's so many things that people think that Satanists are doing. Like they still think that there's satanic monuments all over the country that they destroyed. People people aren't you know necessarily connected to the reality of what the satanic temple is doing. Hmm. So. You know, there is inherent risk in being a Satanist. 
you know, there's inherent risk of, you know, discussing abortion, even, you know, beyond that. I look at so many abortion providers and, you know, people on Twitter and the Internet that support abortion and they get death threats. Like, it's, it's just one of those topics that it's always going to be sensitive. It's always going to be difficult to talk about. So, you know, just kind of putting everything all together for our, you know, for Satanists. It is what it is. We'll 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 see how it goes. You know, we'll we'll take on any challenges that we get um, because ultimately we feel like this is this is what's best and this is what needs to happen. Yeah, and you know, I would also just encourage people who have that concern to to really think through the implications of that worry because it 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 might actually work against us. That that fear of of you know being afraid that conservatives and christians will just see this as confirmation that satanists actually kill babies it might actually be giving them the argument it might actually just be reinforcing the idea that that fetuses are babies right and so we you know we really need to be careful about letting the right determine the argument you know, and determine the exactly. terms. We have to be so careful of that. And I just refuse to give them the argument. It's like, no, fetuses are not babies. We're not going to concede that point. And the best way to, you know, dispel the delusion that we sacrifice babies is to not sacrifice babies, <laughs> you know? And, mm-hmm. and for people who are alarmed by this development, I would just, you know, encourage you to look at the history of TST and understand that TST from the very beginning has seen abortion as a religious issue. Like, this isn't new. Like, this is not, this is not a surprising thing <laughs> that the satanic right. temple is doing right like like the satanic temple has been talking about abortion in religious terms for as long as i can think of it existing you know it it's been so, right, right. so this is not out of character of of the t- satanic temple this isn't new we have been talking about abortion in a religious sense uh, in a satanic religious sense for as long as we have existed as an organization. And if you're really worried about this, maybe th- maybe think about why you're so afraid of the religious right and what they think of you. Because if we're... Exactly. Af- if we're af- yeah, if we're afraid of what the religious right thinks of us, that's how they fucking win, you know? That's how we lose. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know. Just... There's a lot of stuff about this conversation that frustrates me on it. I mean, not this conversation with you, but the broader conversation on the internet about this. I, it just frustrates me because I I don't think that people really think through the implications of it very clearly. Also, if you're, dear listener, if you're worried, if you're a Satanist and you're worried about what people think of you, and if you're worried about being demonized by the right, maybe the problem is the Satanic part, not the abortion part. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, right. yeah. I just had, I mean, yeah, go on. Yeah, and it's it's like, I can't think of a better way to sort of like, you know, sort of demonstrate your loyalty and your patriotism by, you know, 
exercising your rights by partaking in an abortion ritual. Like, yeah. think about it, you know? And, you know, you have so many people that are, you know, they're, they're ripping on to the Bill of Rights like it's a, a security blanket, yet when other people want to exercise their rights, you know, if it goes against what they believe, then, oh, you know, we can't have that. Like, this this is for us. This is only for us. And it's like, nope, that's not, you know, I, I, I study the Constitution. I study the Bill of Rights. You know, the Declaration of Independence. Like, these are all documents that, you know, conservatives and right-wing people, you know, they, they're, they're just clinging to it with their, you know, for dear life. And as soon as another group decides that they also are entitled to those same protections, it's like suddenly, oh, you know, we got to watch out for them. It's, yeah. it's like the same thing that happened with, you know, Second Amendment rights when the Black Panthers started to carry, you know, assault rifles mm. because they could. The, you know, the Second Amendment is there to protect people. And it's it's like it's it's a, it's a very similar thing. Like as soon as you know the other group wants to use these things, oh, then it's a big deal. Mm. But you know, for the Christian you know majority that believes that you know America is a Christian nation, it isn't, and we're proof of that. Mm. So you know that's that's just kind of my final sort of you know statement on conservatives. Like think think of a, a different way of framing it. It's like, you know, what is more patriotic than exercising your rights? Absolutely. You know I mean? Like that's that's what we're doing here. Absolutely. I think that's a great note to end on. For people who want to learn more about the abortion ritual and the and, and the work you're doing, where can they find that? Um right now it's um just announcement dot the satanic temple dot com. Great. And I will post a link to that in the show notes. Excellent. All right. Well, this has been a great conversation um, and you're welcome back anytime to talk more about this issue or any other. Just let me know. I'm, I'm happy to uh, have you on anytime. Oh, thank you. This has been great. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, that is it for this show. As always, the music is by the Jelly Rocks and 117. You can find their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to music. The show is supported by patrons like you. To join their number, go to patreon.com forward slash Stephen Bradford Long. For a dollar a month, five dollars a month, or ten dollars a month, you will get extra content every week and you will ensure the long life of this show. This show is written, produced, and edited by me, Stephen Bradford Long, and is a production of Rock Candy Media. And as always, hail Satan. We'll see you next week.
your certainty isn't correct.